Welcome to evening worship here. I go ahead and open up your Bible to the book of James, James chapter 4. We are going, this is the Sunday night before Halloween, which Halloween is going to be on, as you know, on Saturday evening. So I wanted to take an opportunity to go through the scriptures and look at some different uh, scriptures and really talk about, really answer the question, do we give the devil too much credit? What is the role of Satan, of the devil, in the life of a Christian? And how should we as believers in Christ, obviously we need to be aware of the workings of the devil and understand there is an evil demonic force out there that lures people into sin, that lures us as believers into sin. But there's a greater God, there's a greater calling on mine and on your life to live our lives for the Lord. And that's what we're going to be seeing here. So we're going to be in the Scriptures. There's actually quite a bit of Scripture we're going to be looking at this evening. So you'll want to follow along here in your Bible. I have a quote up here on the screen before we read the Scriptures. C.S. Lewis said in the Screwtape Letters, which is one of the, um, uh, one of the books he wrote, he says there's two errors that believers make. So there's two different errors. Number one, they disbelieve in the existence of Satan. Meaning, a lot of folks just deny the devil. They say, they look at Halloween, they laugh. They, this coming week when they see the horror movie, so there's no evil, there's no devil. You know, that's just uh, make-believe stuff. So there's this disbelief in Satan. Secondly, some believers, they have an excessive, unhealthy obsession with Satan. So literally, they're walking around and having the attitude is um, behind every single bush, there's, uh, there's a demon, there's the devil who's going to jump out and get me. And I think what we have to be able to say, or the other excuse people give when they do sin, they'll make statements, oh, the devil made me do it, I came under this satanic influence, and they're constantly talking about the demonic. And I think we as believers... We want to find the biblical ground because tr the truth is there is a devil, there is evil influence, there is satanic powers out there that seek to destroy your and my life, that want to destroy this church, that want to destroy your family. And we need to be aware through prayer, through fasting, through spiritual disciplines that we are anchored and rooted to the Lord. Because the Bible speaks as the devil is wanting to destroy us. And if we aren't ready, if we aren't aware, we could be a victim. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to find this middle ground where we as Christians, we are saved and we live for, for God. So we want to certainly live for the Lord, yet at the same time, we want to be aware of demonic influence. And be aware of the dangers in many ways of Halloween and what Halloween represents, yet be faithful to our calling and to our passion for the Lord. Go ahead and look in your Bibles here. James 4, 7. Look what James says. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There it is. You want to re remove yourself from satanic influence, you submit yourself to God. The solution, and this would be the running theme, the solution to overcoming 
satanic and demonic influence in your life is submission to God, where you are sanctified by the Word of God, you are living according to the Word of God, and you are in God's will. That is what we're called to do. We submit ourselves to God. And that submission involves every area of our life, down from our money to our time to our media use to how we use social media. It's total submission to God. You know, one of, a couple of things we want to... When we're talking about the devil, we always wonder. We always want to be able to say, and you always kind of think, where did the devil, where did the Satan come from? And our answer to that question is actually found in the book of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. The Bible speaks about the fall of the devil. Jesus made a statement once in Luke chapter 19 that he saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Back in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, there's what we call a dual prophecy. Isaiah prophesies against a king called Tyre. But the prophecy that he shares about the fall of this king, Isaiah declares, it really isn't just a humanly, earthly king. So he's talking about something deeper because a king wouldn't fall like this. Look what God's word says. Morning star is actually a name for the devil. Shining morning star. How you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations. And do you know that's what the devil does? He destroys nations. He wants to destroy this nation. He wants to see the USA lose its religious freedom. He wants to see the USA go down the tube spiritually to fall into discord and disunity and internal fighting and become a secular nation. You have been cut down to the ground. It goes on to say here, verse 12, verse 13, You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly. Now, here's why we know this is a dual prophecy. Because a, the king of Tyre wouldn't, talk, wouldn't be able to do this. This is something more otherworldly than human kingship. So... Most Bible scholars would say this is something deeper than just an earthly king of King of Tyre. And he makes the, the uh, Isaiah declares the devil made five I will statements, where it's a very self centered statement where he says, I will ascend the heavens, I will set up my throne, I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north, meaning the devil is trying to establish himself as God. His desire. Why did Satan fall? Satan fell because he had a desire to be God. Goes on to say verse 14, I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high God. He wanted to be like God. Remember the temptation in the garden? The devil told Eve, says, Eve, if you eat of this fruit from the tree you're told not to, 
you won't, your eyes won't be opened. In fact, you will be like God. There is this human longing from the devil all the way to the Garden of Eden of a desire to be like God. That pride, that self-centeredness, this desire is devil means an adversary wanting to be like God, wanting to replace God is at the heart of sin. Eve believed the lie. She believed what the devil said. The devil was, is going to get kicked out of heaven because why? He decided, he declared, he wanted to be like God. But verse 15 says, But you will be brought down to Sheol. That's, that's called the place of the dead. You're going to where dead people are. Into the deepest regions of the pit. And that re the word there, pit, is capitalized. That's a reference to hell. And we know the book of Revelation tells us that Satan will find himself at the end of all judgment. He will be chained at the deepest part of the abyss. Hell was actually created for the devil. It was created as the pit. It was for him and his angels who rebelled against God. We know roughly there was um, some demons, possibly one-third of the angels rebelled with the devil named Lucifer against the Lord. He led a rebellion. We know this from the book of Revelation. So you had all these angels, one-third of them rebelled, two-thirds remained faithful to the Lord, and God took all of these fallen angels, they're called demons, all of these demons along with the devil and basically sent them down to earth. So there is a demonic influence all around us. And that's the danger of Halloween. Halloween, obviously, the devil does not look like the pictures and images that we might see in, um, in movies and on TV shows. But the devil is real. The devil seeks to lure us into sin. The devil seeks to any possible way to destroy our lives. And Halloween is a time that a lot of folks do think of the devil that maybe give him more respect and more credit than he certainly deserves with that. Who is the devil? He's a powerful fallen angel. He's a prince of demons. He's the head of all the fallen angels, which would make him a demon. And the, the, the principle for us, what we need to be aware of, he is engaged in spiritual warfare. Who's his enemy? His enemy is me and you. If you're a believer in Christ, the devil is coming after you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy the United States. He wants to destroy our political system and create a divide. This past week, I went to a restaurant with some uh, group of guys for our discipleship group. And uh, the, I asked the waitress if she had any prayer requests because we just had our time of prayer. And she prayed for uh, the unity of our nation. She said, is there so much division and, just, and hatred? And that's certainly true. You turn on the news, you have this, everybody just lines up on sides. And the problem with that type of thinking is Jesus Christ loves both sides of the aisle. 
He loves both Democrats and Republicans. Jesus died for sinners. He died for people of all political parties, a member of all nations. The gospel saves everyone. And I think we have to remember people who maybe aren't believers, they have been blinded by the lies of the devil. Politics will not save America. Politics will not restore America. We as Christians have to pray and ask the Lord to forgive our sin, to heal our land, and to restore our lives as passionate soul winners, evangelists, for our churches, for our communities, for the heart and soul of this nation, a nation that was founded on religious freedom that in many ways has drifted so far from that. Don't allow the devil to rob you of this, of this freedom of worship, of freedom of religion. I have several more scriptures up here. I'm going to go through, go through them quite, uh, uh, quite fast here. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, be sober-minded, meaning well, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol. You shouldn't be under the influence of alcohol. You, because the reason why is you need to be alert. If you're under the influence of something, you're obviously not alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. The, the devil wants to devour you. He wants to devour your family. And he is described, the word Satan, devil means adversary. And we have to remember that he's a roaring lion. You know, if there was a lion walking around, we would obviously be aware of it, and we'd hide. We want to uh, avoid that situation quickly. And he's just looking for an easy, gullible, someone who's left their car, their house unlocked, someone who's not paying attention, and bam, he comes in for the attack. You know, the person who plays with fire gets burned. The person who's flirty at the office finds themselves committing adultery. That person who's dabbling with inappropriate pictures on the internet well, then, next thing you know, be contacting and paying and hiring someone for one of those services. And what happens, you dabble around and you play with fire, yes, you're going to get burned. Yes, you'll get, you get scolded by it. Verse 9 tells us in this passage, resist him, remaining the devil, Firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. God's plan for you and I as believers is that we live a life resisting the devil. And how do we do that? We do it by uh, this knowledge. First of all, we have to acknowledge that we are not in this alone. Jesus provides for us. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says every single temptation, He provides a way out. So if you're battling temptation, if you're struggling with certain sin, we rest our hope, our comfort in the Lord that He will deliver us. 
He provides a side door or back door so we do not succumb, we do not give in to that temptation. More scripture here. Look at 1 John 5, 19. Look what it says up here. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. We know in this world, amidst here in the U.S. and throughout all the world, the devil has incredible influence. And it, the word sway is used, meaning he takes someone who's right here and he wants to move them right there. So think of, have you been swayed by the evil one? Was there a time in your life when you were very firm, committed in your walk to the Lord, and all of a sudden you have found yourself kind of, you swayed, you've drifted over there? I'll never forget. And I, luckily, I didn't have an accident doing this. One time I was driving down the interstate. I think, I think it was I-65 in Alabama. And I guess it was just a windy day. But literally, the wind blew me in the other lane. Thank goodness there was no car there. Thank goodness uh, an accident get, didn't occur. But that is what happens. You are just going about your day, thinking everything's fine, and next thing you know, you've blown in the other lane. Well, that's what the devil does. He sways us over towards him and away from the Lord. And I believe it's very easy, especially during maybe a coronavirus period, especially during a uh, quarantine period, that you can find yourself just, you're just drifted along. One of the things about being swayed is spiritually, if you're just coasting and drifting along, if you have kind of uh, regressed a little bit in your spiritual disciplines, the devil will make sure. This scripture reminds us the world drifts people away from God. The media, the internet, it just drifts people. It leads people. And you, it, not, always, not always very obvious, but just in an indirect, subtle way, you have found yourself falling away, dropped out of church, no longer practicing the, the, the spiritual devotions that you used to practice. And maybe you're giving in to some of those sins that you used to not do. You're going to some of those websites. You're using some of the language. You're watching some of the movies that you used to never watch, never participate in. That's what it means to sway. The devil wants to sway, to mislead, to pull us away from the Lord. Look up here, another Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, we, for although we live in the flesh... We do not wage war according to the flesh. Our battle, we do not win against the flesh. It goes on to say here, Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we take, look at this, the main, main point. Every thought captive to obey Christ. The devil, how does he sway? How does he influence us? Talking about giving him too much credit. He does this by allowing our mind to wonder. Allowing our mind to race. Where does Satan begin his work? He, through our eyes, through what we hear, he plants thoughts in our minds that take us down a road that pull us away. So if you're thinking, if your mind isn't, 
if every thought isn't captive to Christ, if you haven't given, if you haven't given the Lord every single one of your thoughts, you will find yourself, I'll find myself, thinking of immoral, polluted things that pull us away from God. These are negative thoughts. This is a bad attitude. This is thinking everybody's a crook. This is thinking everyone's out to get you. This is instead of thinking about the Lord and looking for evangelism and mission and opportunities throughout our city here in Lexington that God can use you, you think the problem is Donald Trump or Joe Biden. You think if only this person gets elected, if only this person would change, if only, if only, if only. And God is saying, I want your thinking. God is asking for you to give every single thought to Him. You, he takes your thoughts and makes them captive. The devil pulls us away. Remember with Eve what we talked about. He comes up to Eve and says, you will be like God. That's why you need to eat from this fruit. You want to be like God? Wouldn't it be great to be like God, have the power and authority He has? And it started getting Eve to start thinking that way. All right, I have another scripture up here. Ephesians 6, 16. One verse. It goes on to say. Ephesians 6, 16. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Literally. The devil is shooting arrows at us. We don't go around carrying shields and carrying bows of arrows. But what that means for us today is some type of bulletproof vest, some type of covering that your body needs to be able to block, to shield yourself from the attacks. So how do well, so? We think, well, what would a shield of faith, what would this shield look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It's called accountability. Who holds you accountable? Sin breeds in secrecy. If no one knows your passwords, if no one can get in your phone, if no one has any idea what you're up to on social, social media, if no one has any idea how you spend your money, that is a recipe for disaster. You show me someone that won't ever allow someone to go into their phone. They keep it locked all the time. They log out all the time. They're very conscious, very aware of people looking over their shoulder. That's someone that has something to hide. And what happens is accountability is when you pull back the veil and you go, here's my life. Here's how I spend my time. Here's the music I listen to. Here's who I'm communicating with. Here is who I am. Accountability prevents you, believer, from sinning. The devil wants to isolate you and keep what you do secretive with a greater purpose so that, because it might start out, oh, I'm protecting you know, my bank account and my money or my credit cards, but that's not where it ends. You know, a great thing about credit, if you have a credit card, somebody steals, steals your number, you can call your bank, and then they, they recredit it. Plus, that really, if you use credit card all the time, that's going to happen. There's going to be people in Africa who steal your stuff, and, 
and they, they charge stuff. I mean, you know, you, they'll, they'll steal your bank account, and your bank, bank reimburses you. The greater fear for us is that we think we're being safe when really the devil's using that secrecy that opened the door down the road that we can find ourselves sinning. So you need to be able to say, God, do I have my shield up? You need total accountability in your life. Accountability is your friend. Do you know when you're under authority, when you're under accountability, when you have people that can speak truth into your life, when you have folks that can come up to you and ask you the hard questions, hey, are you, are you spending time with the Lord? Are you, are you praying through your prayer list? Are you, are you and your wife and your children, are, y'all, you're, are, you, are you growing as a family? Are you attending church like you should? Are you serving? What are your struggles? Where are you at spiritually? Those are the questions that when you're asked regularly, you will be able to overcome sin. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we're in football season. If football doesn't get canceled. And, you know, when you're a coach of a a football player and you're an athlete, any any type of athlete, literally, your coach gives you a daily schedule. Now, a lot of that will involve, obviously, two or three hours of practice on the field, then an hour or two in the wake room, then just an evening jog, then they're down to how you eat your food, how much food you're eating, what type of food. I mean, they have you on a schedule for being a maximum potential athlete. Right now in the NFL, NFL is having very minimum contact with people. They don't want their players to go out and about. They want to try to keep them in a bubble as much as they can. Well, they're doing that more so for the coronavirus, but also during the season. They do that because they want their players, when they suit up on Sunday afternoons and they're ready to play football, they want them to not have been partying along and just doing whatever they want to do. They want them in top shape to perform. And that's what we as Christians, God is telling us. The shield of faith, it shields us because we know we're going to get hit. And if you are prepared, you can withstand it. One more scripture up here. Last scripture this evening we're going to look at. It's our 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. It says, the Lord is faithful. And that's, we, we hold that Bible verse true. God is faithful to us. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. That is absolutely true. He not only guards, he strengthens us so that we can withstand ourselves against Satan. And if you are not asking, if you are not praying and begging for the Lord's strength, you will fall. You will give in to temptation. Spiritual warfare is not so much about demonic possessions, territorial spirits, or generational bondage as it is just overcoming Satan's lies and the deceit he has in our life. We have to be able to say, have I bought the lie? Have I believed I would be more happy if I had this? That's the lie from the devil. And we don't want to buy the lie. The reality 
is we're in a spiritual battle. Satan wants to turn us away from obedience. He wants to turn us away from following the Lord and coming to church and being in God's Word. And he wants to influence our mind and casually sway us away through negative thoughts, through gossip, through slander, and we forget who the enemy is. Think about it. If you have an enemy to begin with, right there, if you don't like someone, if you have people that you were just banging heads against, that's wrong. Christ does not want us as believers to have enemies with each other. Jesus died for that person. He loves that person you don't like. And if Jesus loves that person, we as Christians are called to love one another. Our enemy is the devil. And it's very easy for us here at this Halloween season, here uh, thinking about the devil and about demonic influence, to miss who the real enemy is. And it's the devil. And, and I think going back to the word sway, he wants to sway, just slightly move us away from the Lord. Last thing I'm going to put up here on the board. How you need to overcome the devil. Here it is. You're here tonight. You want to know, okay, Daniel, I know I'm struggling with the devil. Uh, the devil's real. The devil has experienced victory in my life. The devil has caused me to sin. So how do I, how do I experience victory? Number one. You need to discover there's a battle. If you don't acknowledge there's a battle, you will lose. The battle's over your mind. The battle's over your obedience to God. The battle's over your attitude. The battle's over how you're going to treat other people. The battle's over how you give your time to the Lord. Number two, you need to decide that you're on the Lord's side. Meaning, I know this sounds crazy, but daily you wake up and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm here fighting for you. Jesus, I am fully aware that there is a roaring lion out there that's going to try to devour and attack me and devour my family, devour my uh, attention, and I want to focus, Lord, on you. Number three, you need to declare that God has won. The cross is a symbol of victory. God has won. He has experienced. He has led you and I to win. And we win through Jesus Christ. We went through obedience to him. And lastly, we see here about what it, how we overcome the devil. Practical way. You need to determine to walk victory to victory. This is really key. And what this determine here is discover, decide, declare, and determine. We determine because we have experienced victory. We experienced victory as Jesus. We're saved. And not only that, Jesus has given us victory over sin. He's given us victory over souls that we've been praying for. You start praying for someone to witness to, God will bring that person into your life. Victory to victory to victory. And today, here we are the last Sunday in October, it's a winning day that the Lord has given you. There is victory over the devil. The resurrection, the empty tomb, defeated the devil's grip. Even though we die, we live because we're saved. 
And some of us need to quit living like, like we've, we're on the losing team. Guys, if you are a believer in Christ, you have won. You have experienced victory in Jesus. And I'm inviting you tonight to move from victory to victory. Do not give the devil too much credit. The devil is a defeated defeated foe. Now, he wants to destroy you. And if you aren't aware, you will get hit. But I believe if we use our Bibles, if we're aware of the shield that Jesus has given us, if we are sanctified by his word, we can overcome habitual, generational, territorial sins. Maybe there's something you have been struggling with for many, many years. Remember that woman who had been bleeding for 18 years? 18 years she had been bleeding. She touched the hem of Jesus' robe. And the power of Jesus healed her. She struggled with that disease. She struggled She was under the bondage of the devil. And Jesus Christ freed her. And folks, he wants to free you. There's no reason we should not be walking from victory to victory. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'll invite you to respond to the Lord. I'll invite you to experience what we call victory in Jesus. This Halloween, Halloween could be a fun fun holiday of just uh, passing out uh, gospel tracts that we have here at our church that you attach to candy. It can be a, a good opportunity for you to um, uh, you know, give out candy to your children, your grandchildren, and get to know the neighbors, invite folks to church. Or if you could have a very unhealthy desire of the dead, of the devil, of Satan. And we don't need to give the devil too much credit. Halloween needs to be about celebrating the fall and the harvest and giving out candy. Don't make it a holiday, an event, to give the devil credit. Use it as an opportunity to witness to others. The devil is real, and he wants to destroy yours and my family. And he does this today, through I believe through our phones, through our devices, through the internet, through TV, through streaming services. He's influencing our minds slowly swaying us away from the Lord. You want to experience victory right now? I want to invite you to respond to Jesus. I want you to hold your hand out. Close your eyes. And you pray along with me if you want to get saved. Dear Jesus, I want to get saved. I want victory. I want you, Lord. Help me overcome the devil. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being in bondage. Jesus, I'm yours. I surrender all. I submit to you. Thank you for Jesus. For defeating the devil. On the cross. And with the empty tomb. I identify with you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. You prayed and received Jesus. You just experienced victory in Jesus. I want to hear from you. Send me a send me a note. Fill out our connection card. Call the church office. Let us know how we can minister to you. Let us know how we can pray for you. Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ has 
saved you from all of a sudden living a defeated life in the gutter with the devil. That is your old life. He's pulled you out of that murky clay and set your feet up, and you now live for the Lord. God bless you. I will see you uh, next Sunday night. We're here every Sunday night at 6 o'clock online. See you next Sunday.